Oil is not the only thing you'll find in Abu Dhabi anymore. This is a consumer goods edition of Where the Money Is. Hello, fools. Welcome to the show. Joined by Sean O'Reilly. How's it going, Nathan? Good. So we're going to be talking about oil? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so uh, long and short of it is Macy's is going to be opening up their first store outside of the United States, and they're picking Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates as their first location. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the reason behind this? Um, I, I mean, it's a cool story, and it's going to be part of a huge billion-dollar mall complex and all that stuff, and uh, I'm sure our viewers are aware of all the crazy things the UAE is known for building. You had the, the world islands. You had the islands that were shaped of a palm tree. Um, it's about to get um, surpassed by Kingdom Tower in Saudi Arabia, but the world's tallest building is currently there. I think it was in, like, Mission Impossible 5 or something. But um, Macy's chose the UAE for a couple of really interesting reasons, and it's basically because it's a, such a touristy, high-income, premier location. Um, but in the context of Macy's business model, I thought that that was the real story here. Um, so if I told you that Macy's had actually been closing stores for the last three years, what would you think? Based upon the research I did prior to you this week, <laughs> I would say that's probably correct. That's absolutely correct, yeah. They actually, and it sounds crazy, but it's really, really smart. It's one of the reasons that Macy's has been so profitable, especially compared to JCPenney, Dillard, Sears, especially Sears. Um, is they're really just focusing in terms of retail operations on high-performing, you know, urban areas with their stores, and they're not worrying about the rest of the country. They're not. Um, for years now, they've basically been investing their profits in distribution centers. They've been building these ridiculous distribution facilities to handle their e-commerce initiatives. These things rival an Amazon facility. They're like really, really top of the line. Um, but uh, two, let's see, three years ago they had 850 stores. In 2012 they had 842, and they dropped that down to 841 last year. And the reason is they didn't have a place in the United States that they felt confident opening up another Macy's store. They're like, hey, we're just going to focus on the e-commerce and distribution and multi-channel opportunities and getting basically more traffic in all of our current stores. And for the first time ever, they're going outside of America to arguably one of the best locations I could have possibly picked, like maybe London or something. There's tons of competition there already. Mm. And not too bad with their comps in the U.S. and international not, recently. Not, not too bad, no. Yeah. Makes you wonder maybe if they should open more stores. Right. Yeah. Um, I just, I like this because everybody for, I don't know, the last year or two was saying that Macy's, their growth's pretty much done, great returns on equity, but game over. This, in my opinion, changes the game, because if they can get another, I don't know, 50 high-performing stores in markets like the UAE, and arguably, like, I would assume the United Arab Emirates could handle at least three. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. know, but um, you're talking about a country with a population of 10 million. It's one of the highest income countries in the world. Um, also, a fun little statistic I saw, 80% of the population of the UAE are expatriates. Mm -hmm. There's only 2 million actual Emirates citizens there. Um, but I like this because it's a continuation of their strategy, and the strategies have you know, basically yielded them great returns on the equity of like 22% compared to a Dillard's, which is at 16, or a Kohl's, which is at 15. Mm -hmm. so. so it's interesting, though, looking at other retailers, Macy's, is involved in Apple Pay, and I hear there's news right. on what's going on. I don't know why they're not in on this, but um, and this is kind of a quasi-tech CG kind of a thing, yep. but things are getting starting to merge. But um, a couple of retailers have actually said no to Apple Pay. Um, everybody, you know, got kind of a preview of this this earlier this week when CVS and Rite Aid said they they had disabled their Apple Pay technology. 
Um, and instead, they're actually teaming up with, I don't know, how many retailers that was? Probably like 50 or 100. But um, Rite Aid and CVS are part of a consortium of retailers known as the Merchant Customer Exchange, um, including Walmart, which I'd love to have a partner in something like this, Best Buy, Lowe's, Dunkin' Donuts, and they're hoping to create an alternate system called Current C, C-U-R-R-E-N-T, capital C, all one word, so ha ha ha. But um, and it, that's supposed to be rolled out in 2015. Um, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are because you're like, you know, you're probably one of the handful of people at HQ that I think of as Mr. Apple. Um, do you think this is a hurdle or what's the deal here? Because I couldn't believe, like, these are some big names in a retailer that are all getting together and trying to come up with their own e-payment system. Well, I think you and I, we actually touched upon it earlier this week and whenever Apple introduces a product, there's some sort of problem du jour, whatever it right. is, where the media latches onto things and ultimately blows a problem, uh, a small problem out of proportion. I think this is one of them you with think? Apple Pay. I mean, you have to look at the partners they have, um, Visa, MasterCard, and so forth, all of the different retailers that are on board, um, all the largest, well, most well-known retailers. And I mean, go to any, any fin financial website and you'll see on the front page, Apple Pay. Right, and well, I actually Fargo. got an email yesterday from my bank and said, yep. Apple Pay's here, let's let's go. And I'm like, oh yep. boy. <laughs> and I mean, you have to look at it, you have to put it in perspective. Apple Pay is not a huge revenue driver for, for Apple as a whole, just because to move the needle, there needs to be you know, $10, 20000000000 billion be, dollars you know, in yeah, revenue. For sure. So if you look at the actual cut they take for the transaction, not a big, big mover for Apple, but it speaks to, to the ecosystem as a whole. Right. So, you know, Sure, it's not good news that Rite Aid's which, not on board right now, but... Which one is better, though? Because on the one hand, Apple Pay is going to be linked to credit cards, and that still has the one, one and a half percent fee that retailers generally have to pay. Mm -hmm. The plan with currency, as I understand it, is to have it actually linked to your checking account, which arguably could make people a little bit nervous, but that theoretically could lead to that fee being taken away, and... Retailers saying, "Oh, if you uh, if you use the you know the currency system, we'll give you a one percent discount on all your transactions or something." Mm -hmm. So, going forward five years, how does this kind of play out? I think you have to look at the eco ecosystem as a whole. Because on the other hand, you've got I don't know how many iPhones are there in America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and that's part of it because if you look at it, Apple already has the credit cards on file. Right. It's just an With easy couple-step process to get Apple Pay set up. Um, it's completely seamless. Not, you know, most people don't even know what currency is. I could, I could go ask 10 people what an iPhone is and they're going to say, hey, you know, that's a stupid question. I know exactly what it is. Right. That speaks to kind of the, the recognition and the, the, the cachet that Apple has because they can just turn it on, flip the switch on Apple Pay, and ultimately people are going to recognize it. Many people use the platform. Currency doesn't have that. And that's, right. that's a, huge moat, a huge moat that Apple has. The currency doesn't. Cool. So, very, very cool. I think it's a minimal effect. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mr. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> so next story we're looking at here, we've got a slew of earnings reports. Tons of earnings are yeah. coming out this past week. We're just going to cover a few. I'm sorry. Um, but uh, who do we want to go over first? Let's take a look at Tile Shop, one of the small caps <sighs> out there. I'm afraid you're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so for our listeners and viewers that don't know, the stock's been... We'll call it volatile today, to be nice. Um, it was down as much as 13%. It's now up to... I don't know if nobody knows what to do with these earnings or what, but um, they were iffy, 
arguably, and that's why the stock was down so much originally. Earnings per share came in at three cents a share. They're expected to earn six cents, and they reported revenue of $62.8 million compared to estimates of 65. The real problem, in my opinion, at least initially, was they guided full year earnings per share down to 23 to 25 cents on total revenue of 257 million. I think as the day went on, though, cooler heads prevailed, and everybody on Wall Street started to see kind of what my thinking was with this, which was the fact that you've got a business that's still expected to grow earnings per share for the next, I don't know, out to 2018, according to Capital IQ. They've got like seven or nine analysts um, covering this, and they're expected to grow earnings by 25, 30% all the way out to 2018. So this is not you know, dying, this theory, it could be just a short-term problem. That's probably where everybody's leaning right now. And being a small cap, any right. sort of volume increase will probably uh, send it on a wild ride. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So next was up uh, Denny's, our favorite breakfast joint. Yeah, and this actually leads into the other thing we want to talk about. But uh, uh, moral of the story, if anybody watching and or listening takes anything away from this is, America loves pancakes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Um, so Denny's is up 11% today. They had their best same-store sales gain, which came in at 2.4% year-over-year um, system-wide. Um, believe it or not, corporate-owned stores actually did even better than uh, franchise ones. Um, best same-store sales gain in over two and a half years. Um, net income of $0.10 cents per share, beating estimates of $0.09. Cents. And uh, yeah, good day to be a Denny's shareholder, I guess. Mm. Um, but you didn't even know they were publicly traded for a while. Did <laughs> it's interesting, though, because if you look at the numbers, um, it's similar to Macy's. They've yeah. actually got net store closures yeah. over uh, recent periods. This, I feel like this is going to be a trend. It's, Macy's is doing the same thing for different reasons, but a company can do really well by focusing on higher volume urban areas and not becoming more efficient, not just making profits and revenues off of um, expansion, just opening more stores indiscriminately. Um, mm -hmm. Having higher volume quality stores is better than the quantity of the stores. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see this more and more, especially as the internet, which is why Macy's is doing what they're doing, uh, becomes more prevalent as a part of the economy. Um, and then Dynequity, the same thing. Um, for everybody that doesn't know, Dynequity is the owner of both Applebee's and IHOP. IHOP was the standout. Applebee's did pretty okay, but IHOP was the real standout here. Um, earnings per share came in at a buck fourteen compared to estimates of a dollar oh seven, and they beat on revenues with one hundred sixty two point nine million in sales compared to estimates one hundred fifty seven. Um, they also raised their dividend up from uh, seventy five cents to eighty seven and a half. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to go to Applebee's or something after this, or? <laughs> Maybe grab a drink. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, this uh, America likes their breakfast foods. Mm -hmm. You know, seems to be showing in financial results. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Well, appreciate your insights today. No problem. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, for Sean O'Reilly, I'm Nathan Hamilton. Full on.